Hey, just because the end of February doesn't mean black maybe you found has out. to stop. You know, maybe you still. Yeah, it's true. You still recognize? What you say, D? Black history is every day. Black history is every day, King. That's oh, right, hey, man. For real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, in the closing hours, we just gotta give a shout out to Doctor Umar Johnson, yo. You know what I'm saying? welcome to off the rip with your hosts that front like they know the most we talking smack about whoever whatever is currently on our minds we ain't no experts so don't get hurt if we say something that rubs you the wrong way this is a place where ideas get thrown out and tossed around if you can't take the heat get up out the kitchen we about to serve them up it's ream d mook and shiz it's off the rip nothing in common Uh, nothing to say nothing to comment I can't stay comfortable. It's Reem, D, Mook, and Shiz off the rip. What's up, what's up, what's up? What's going on? Shiz, what's going on? You. What up, what up? What's up, Mook? What's good with you? Reem, what's popping? What's up, what's up? Yeah, we got T. We got T on the ones and twos. What's up, Trev? TP. What it do, baby? (laughs) What up, what up? How's everybody doing, yo? Good. You might just have to sign to Kareem. You know what I'm saying? What are you talking about? You just got to sign to him, bro. He's going blind. My man's going blind in one eye. Oh, you mean I need... Oh, you oh, got to sign you, to him. Man. You know what I'm saying? Does he have the Black Braille keyboard coma. yet? <laughs> I'm processing right now. I'm processing. You have the Braille keyboard yet? <laughs> you got to yo, yo. now. <laughs> you know that movie that Denzel was in? Is it called The Book of Kareem now? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yo what's up everybody yo kareem's going through he's got a little bit of blurry vision that's where all the jokes are coming from you know just to give everybody a little little context but it's all right <laughs> we keep kareem and we give him a positive vibes hopefully he uses that visine and it clears up you know what i'm saying <laughs> all right yo so what's up man we got wandavision right off the bat bro uh wandavision episode eight Titled previously on spoilers for WandaVision thus far and any other movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Fellas, let's get it started. Uh, let's go with highlights and hot takes. Yo, who wants to go? Nah, I, I thought this okay. No, go shit. Go shit. Go nah, I thought it was uh it was dope because it just gave us like a some background <clears throat> on Wanda, her upbringing, and everything just kind of came full circle this episode with the TV shows that she used to watch growing up and how that played into this reality that she created. Um, but I'll keep it, I'll keep it there. Cause I, I want, I don't want to just talk about the whole episode. So I'm going to, I'm going to hand it back over to Moot. Yeah. I thought it was a very well put episode. I thought it was a good episode for people who aren't too familiar with um the whole history of it like me personally so like you kind of see the upbringing and and how she got to where she was uh, how she got to this point now and i thought it was really good because like uh, like i said if, if a lot of people i know a lot of people that started watching this aren't you know in tune to any of the marvel um you know marvel cinematic universe so we really don't know a lot of people's backgrounds and stuff so i thought this was very good for people that are just watching the show because obviously a lot of people that have started watching the show have joined because of word of mouth at this point a lot of people have been talking about like every friday yo you got to watch um wandavision you got to watch wandavision so a lot of people are joining that may not you know be a marvel um 
Marvel fanatic. So it was really good to get everybody up on speed, especially me. So it was it was really good. Yeah, I just I, I thought it was a great episode. I liked the ending a lot. You know, kind of leaving that cliffhanger. Really, uh, you know, acknowledging who Wanda really is. Um, and again, just kind of giving the backstory to to Agatha a little bit and mm-hmm. Wanda and the back and forth between that. It was this might be the best one I've seen yet. We'll, we'll see. We'll talk about a little more. And and, and what Agatha too? Um, she's strong as shit. Oh, very. Like that that whole background. It was like some witchcraft, like Salem witch trial type shit going on. And I'm not really. I'm I'm a lean on D. I'm not really sure what was going on in that scene. But they were throwing some sort of uh, like spell on her, and she was rejecting it, and then they died. Yeah, <laughs> body. Yeah, no. Um, what was happening in that scene? Uh, that's the first scene of the episode. We go back to Salem, Massachusetts, as you know, the Salem witch trials, which I thought was dope because mm-hmm. they flipped it on his head. Because when you think when you think Salem, Massachusetts, Salem witch trials, you think, oh, so Agatha was prosecuted by the people, by the mob, mm. or by a mob of people who were searching for the witches, and that's why she's evil now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they flipped it on his head and used it as the witches were doing basically the witch hunt on Agatha. Yeah, they were holding court. Yeah, they were holding court on Agatha. So I thought that was a cool flip flip of uh, or subverting expectations. But uh, also, so yes, they're trying to get rid of her because for some reason, uh, and this goes back to Doctor Strange, uh, they tell you if you have purple magic, you're drawing from the dark dimension, and that's bad. That's bad energy, or that's that's not a place you want to draw your power from because it corrupts you. So that's why Agatha's magic is also purple. And so for whatever reason, we don't know yet, but they're all just saying Agatha's bad. Mm. And so I think there's going to be some back. There could be possible backstory to that too. Maybe not in this, uh, but in another uh, movie or Marvel property. But I think there's more to that story, basically. Um, and she says she wants to be good. So I believe that I do believe that, like I said, last time I explained her character, she's like an anti-hero. Mm. She just goes off of her own motivations. And I thought this was really dope at showing that because it's not really, she's not really being bad or good. She just wants to know how'd you get this powerful? Right. She wants, she wants it for herself. So basically the old coven of witches was trying to stop Agatha because she was drawn on the <laughs> dark dimension. And they couldn't, and she was too powerful. And, and so that's that's how that happened. That's how that the episode starts. And then, like Mook said, it goes it goes through the history of uh, the Marvel films, which is also pretty cool. Uh, by also going through Wanda's uh, backstory, and also just the type of episode it is too, um, a flashback episode. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole bunch going on in terms of like TV and TV uh, tropes and all that stuff that they threw into this episode, which I thought was dope. And I loved how um, the interaction in the basement where Agatha was like, oh, and I loved how you brought Pietro back because, you know, he's not really here. He's on some other continent with a bunch of holes in him. So, you know, just yeah. kind of like she she brings that added factor of connecting things together. But yeah. also she's still on this journey with the audience, I feel like, in terms of really putting the pieces together of <laughs> why Wanda is creating this reality. Yeah. And, and now... Um, also, before we talk more about the episode, I was going to say, if if Rashawn and Kareem could put their clinical hats on, I think this is a really good episode about grief and trauma mm. and mm. and dealing with that. And and I just want to know what you guys thought, because, you know, you do that for work. 
Yeah, I thought she was. I thought Wanda was doing her work. Um, she tapped into like her childhood trauma, like the situation that happened with her and Pietro. And was it a bomb or something? Yeah, that took place. And then we saw like a Stark. Um, yeah. So when we first meet Wanda and Pietro in Avengers 2, they hate Tony Stark because they're like, yo, he blew our his weapons, blew our house up because before Tony Stark was Iron Man, he was a weapons dealer and he sold mm. to everybody. Right. And so so before that's the whole point of Tony turning into Iron Man with that was his arc was like, I'm not going to be a weapons dealer anymore. Yeah, I got to I got to be for the people. I got to be for justice. But anyway, so basically Wanda and Pietro's family was a byproduct of that weapons dealing that Tony Stark used to do. So they didn't care that he became Iron Man or whatever to them. He sold weapons to the people who killed his family. And they had to stare at that for two days before they got out. And mm-hmm. that's what that's what also was dope was that Agatha was like, oh, you had latent magic abilities. Mm-hmm. So like this, they're also saying that Wanda was also something else before she became a superhero. So gotcha. that's also what is dope, too, because we're all because people in the community, people online will be like, Wanda's so much more powerful in the comics. How come she's not showing that same uh, power in the movies? And now they're retconning it now to show. Yo, she she just didn't know. She never right. knew. And now she's coming in to know what her actual power and who she actually is. Right. So that's pretty dope as well. And and how old is uh yeah, how old is Wanda? Because if she's watching a Dick Van Dyke show as a child. No, so her dad, her dad was selling DVDs. That was, okay. That's what his job was. Gotcha. And so his dad was selling old, her dad was selling uh old movies and stuff, but she's Old she sitcoms. Be, yeah, old sitcoms. She she should be like mid thir- early 30s, probably. Got you. Yeah. Okay. I so, thought she was just like, she just didn't, she was kind of stuck in this like realm, kind of like Captain America where he just don't age. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. So, um, D, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So, is that why she created this? Um, maybe I'm um, looking too far into it. Is that why she created this world? Because it kind of ties everything that she loves into one place. Exactly. Like she loved her. Okay. So I just want to make sure like her love for sitcoms and, yep. and you know, her, obviously she can bring everybody back. Cause that's why she, when she went to, um, when she saw, um, um, what's his name? Um, vision. And no, when oh, she vision. saw vision in thing. And then she was like, she put it all together that she could actually do this. And that's yeah. what you kind of see. She, 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 she didn't know. She just did that out of grief. Mm. Like okay. she just lost control and was just like, so heartbroken at that point that this manifested. Right. And then she's and then what I say is about dealing with grief is because she doesn't want to deal with that fact yeah. that this is what she did. Cause she would have to go through that trauma of, of acknowledging that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's. I mean, I thought it was a very, very deep episode. Yeah. What? Um, D, I kind of made a joke when um she went to this place, um and then she like spread out her powers and just kind of built this reality. Yeah. And when you look at the town, I'm like, oh, look at Wanda over here trying to gentrify a place, just like any typical white person coming into an area. <laughs> but. <laughs> Cause that's what it looked like. It's like, damn, she bringing life to this plate. Like, you know, she she gentrified well, the gotta, shit out of this place. You got to remember that this is five years after Thanos snapped away half of the universe. Mm. So, a lot of the blocks and a lot of stuff haven't been taken care of. The houses haven't been taken care of for five years. 
people that's why people are so depressed and upset walking through the town because yeah. they're like who where's my they're probably like where's my family we just appeared in from thin air like monica did at the beginning when they showed how monica came back yeah like and then the craziness that's going on in there in the in the hospital so that's why that 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 feeling of that's of uh just like sadness and downtroddenness was there mm. you got to remember this they all just came back after five years it's like post-war trauma yeah exactly and that's what's also dope about uh dope about this show too because in the movies it kind of is like okay the snap happened <laughs> and now people are back all right but we still got to fight this guy and mm. they don't focus on the after effects of okay you just snap back half of the universe things can't just be happy go lucky you know right. what i mean yeah. like there's got to be consequences to it so now this is dope seeing the after the very real after effects of it because that means there's real stakes and i appreciate that too yeah i think just the way they're able to go back you know and follow her story and kind of show you know why she's been trying to avoid you know all this trauma from when she was a child you know to living with vision with the avengers um you know all these different events in her life like the the way that they did that and the way they captured it is you know like there there's the quote where vision is talking with wanda in the avengers home and they're watching you know whatever sitcom it is and you know they they talk about grief and i think like this is one of the big points like you said that they talked about and vision goes on to say like but what is grief if not love persevering and you see wanda kind of have that little moment where she realizes like you know what vision's trying to tell her and then they kind of have that smile and they laugh at the sitcom you know and that's where i think people assume that wanda and vision really start to connect you know is when they had that conversation and vision helped her to kind of realize she's been running away not running away but you know avoiding all of this these thoughts and stimulus about you know her childhood and then to see her go to the home and we see like you know she has that uh, little note that has it looks like visions writ written for like this is the the place where we want to live you know after everything or after mm. you know whatever events took place and so to find out to find that out and then to have Wanda go to the home and just be so like overloaded with emotion you know like we said that's when she creates the the reality that that she lives in like it just speaks to how powerful grief is it speaks to how controlling and how damaging trauma is like there's so many underlying themes in this episode that probably go unnoticed if you watch it one time but you really need to talk about it and like think about it to really understand like they covered a lot in this episode and it's just crazy to look at it and realize all the different things they're able to kind of put together and very understated is not the right word but it's not in your face you really have to think about it and reflect to understand what's going on and i think that's the coolest thing for me yeah absolutely man um very powerful episode i mean shout out to elizabeth olsen and her acting in this episode she had to show the range for this man like to go from happy to see her little to see her little brother running around with her dad to then noticing oh snap this is the day that this happened and then just her range throughout the episode and then at the end to turn you know ready to throw down so the last episode i'm sure is gonna be it's gonna be uh some some good some good action it better be i hope and, so and the uh the end credits too if people are remember now that it's it. now that it's mcu like you got to watch the whole thing now because yep. the end credits was, was real big i don't know if anybody had any thoughts or ideas about 
you know, what, what we're looking at there. So that is super dope because that's straight out the comics, bro. Mm. Straight out the comics. Like there's a white vision and, and white vision is, is vision with the same abilities, but devoid of any emotions. So, so that's what they were doing. So when she was in that like laboratory, they were reconstructing the white vision or. They were taking them apart and putting them back together. Got you. And he was telling Wanda that they were going to get rid of him, but he was trying to make, he was trying to bring them back online. Got you. As you heard him talking about, because he, yeah. he I'm, I'm assuming that he wants to have another weapon to yeah. protect themselves if something like Thanos happens again. Mm. Yeah. So that's his point of view. Is like, yo, I got to figure out how to make that's this work for us. Yeah. Got that's you. Why but, not letting them leave. Yeah. Makes but sense. clearly, that's not gonna. Or the way the move, the way the show's going, is saying that that's not gonna work. But we're gonna see what happens. So, but remember that this vision is the vision that actually loved her. That's coming back. The white vision. The white vision. The white vision is the one that Thanos killed. Okay. So he's the one that exp- actually experienced all that stuff. The vision that she created never experienced those those things. And doesn't know anything about that beforehand. Is that why how that's gonna out? play? Huh? Is that the reason why he possibly walked out? Oh, he doesn't know. When Vision walked out of um, out of um, the universal uh, what was that two episodes ago? The yeah, the hex- yeah. Is that why he possibly walked out? Because he didn't know. Yeah, he that he didn't know. Vision didn't know. That's why he yeah. tried to walk out, and then that's why he couldn't leave, because he's yeah. part of the he's illusion. part of the yeah. And so the implications are crazy. Like, so even are her kids real? Shit, who are her kids? Right, because we didn't even see him in this last episode. You could just hear until him. the end, until the yeah. end. Yeah, you saw she him. Knows, she has him on the leash. That's true. Yeah. Shit. But yeah, so uh, what are you guys giving us out of seven? Out of seven, fellas, out of seven, we can move on. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven, man. Just after the conversations that we had. Um, because like to what Reem said, a lot of things could have been overlooked, but like just the whole mental health piece, the grief, um, and just the background, everything just kind of came full circle. Uh, this last episode, so seven out of seven for me. Yeah, I go with a, a seven too. I think this might be my first seven, but I I enjoyed this episode. Um, like she said, the mental health side was cool to see, and then just the explaining of the characters more. I, I really like that. You know, real good cliffhanger ending. So uh, yeah, that gets a seven for sure. Yeah, I'm giving it a seven too. I really liked how the episode was um, very similar to, uh, what's the, is it A Christmas Carol? Um, the movie yep. with the yep. That's what this episode was. With Scrooge. Exactly. With Scrooge, yep. That's mm-hmm. what it reminded me of, like that concept. And I was like, that's actually really dope. And how she got to relive it. And you'd see like the real emotions that she had from those times. And and like she said, when she first walked into um the studio, um, almost at the studio, when she first walked in, when she saw the um the stone, and she knew what she was going to, and she was like, I don't want to go in there, and like yeah. she was forced to go in there. You could see like it was bringing up, it made you like obviously before you made really made you look like okay, what's about to happen now? Like I said, because I didn't know any of her past or anything like that. You, I've only seen the Avengers movie, so I knew nothing really about her outside of just what we were told in the movie but never really her backstory. So I thought this was, this was my favorite episode now. So it'll take over, what was that, episode four, I would say is episode yeah. seven. This is now my favorite episode. Word, so that's seven out of seven. I think it's sevens across the board. I gave it seven out of seven as well. 
for everything. Everybody just detailed. I don't need to go into more detail. But last, but one last thing. Did y'all notice that Agatha was like crying at one point? Nah. Did y'all see Agatha? She wiped away her eye. Like she was in like the beginning. In, in the middle of the when they're going through Wanda's trauma, in one of the scenes, I forget which scene, Agatha like wipes her eye. So it's like she's somewhat sympathetic towards Wanda, but she's just like, I still need to know how you got this power. And then at the end, we found out that she's actually scared of Wanda because she's some sort of being that we were Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So there we go with that. That will wrap up our WandaVision section, section, segment, session, whatever you want to call it. So, yo, it's a celebration, fellas. It's really a celebration, yo. One of the realists is back. You know what I'm saying? Bobby's home. Bobby Schmurda. Bobby released bitch. Out of prison, released out of prison. He's back, yo. What y'all think? React. Man, listen, I did the shmoney dance, man. Just dropped everything and just, you know what I'm saying? That's what I did. <laughs> nah, then, I just went, then I went about my day. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I was in when I saw he actually got released you knowing everything he's been through and especially when he came out and to see his whole energy it seemed to like because when uh, I don't know if it was an interview he did but I'd seen a post I think um, DU I posted it and he was talking about like he was in there with dudes that are like 30 and 40 years in jail and stuff like that and he was like my thing was making him you know making him laugh and smile and stuff like that because he was like I'm, I'm in here so you know, make my time positive as, as much as possible. So he's one of the dudes like he's a real one. So I got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, he did a he did a cool interview with GQ where he talked about that MOOC and just how like he had to kind of realize, you know, his situation and some of the people in there. And he talked about one of his goals just being to make people smile. And, you know, like he kept his spirits up and just wanted to pass that on to other people. And I feel like that just speaks to like, you know, who he was, you know, like he had an opportunity to shorten his sentence. He chose not to, you know, he did his time and did what he felt like he had to do. And while he was there, he was, you know, bettering himself, educating himself and trying to help other people. Um, and I think it just speaks to kind of what he's going to be trying to do now. You know, he's talked about wanting to get into real estate. He's talked about how music uh, has changed for him from when he went in to when he's coming out now. So I, I think we're about to see maybe a different Bobby, you know, a different person. Yeah, definitely. Yo, I think that's I think that's all dope. I think that's a win that we needed, the culture needed. I feel like we've had a lot of uh, heavy news recently, um, in general since twenty twenty and going into now. I think that uh, something positive, something that everybody can celebrate and, and, and cheer and get behind and rally is something that the culture needed. So I'm happy that it happened, and hopefully we get some good. Hopefully we get some good music out of it. Definitely. And Quavo was teasing something, wasn't he? Yeah, him and, him and Quavo already. Mm-hmm. You think Quavo trying to sign him though? Mad labels were trying to sign. He's with Interscope, isn't he? I don't know who he's with. Because you never seen a video when he was uh, he performing it. <laughs> That's my favorite video when he slides on the table. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a room full of white yes. folks too. They were definitely shook. There was one. There was only one girl who's going ham. She in, was in bobbing. The front. Yeah, <laughs> going in. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby's Bobby's one, with the man. Tool. yeah, man. Well, I guess that's 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 that for that segment. Yes, sir. All right. All-star reserves, baby. 
This was interesting because of the injuries too. I feel yeah. like it, it kind of, one, I don't understand how that works. If, if you're injured and you can't play in the all-star game, do you still get it on your, your resume? And there's a yeah. player that yeah. gets put in. You get it as an accolade. Yeah. And then the player that gets re put in gets it on the accolade too. So like yeah. there could be yeah. potential extra all-stars. Yeah. Huh. It's happened a few times too. Hmm. So it's, um, cause I know like there was like a few times that like, We'll say, hypothetically speaking, like, you know, Shaq would, or like Yao Ming would make the All Star game and didn't play. So somebody else would get in in the spot and stuff like that. Cause I remember when Yao Ming made it one game, only played like three games. Cause like, damn near all of, all of Asia. They said it was all of Asia <laughs> voted this man into the All Star game. <laughs> so they was doing their due diligence getting my man to an All Star game. So, nope. That was like who was the Warriors big man? Uh Zaza, right? Oh yeah, he almost he, made he it. almost got he almost became a starter because of you know his home country voting for him. Yeah, and that's when they had to change the rules about what's the percentage of fan voting. Exactly. Like, yeah, we're changing this shit. This shit's <laughs> going crazy this. right now. So right. I mean like Clay Thompson was like fifth or like he was like seventh in yeah. Western Conference guard voting. And like you look at like when's the Clay Thompson had to play in game in two years? <laughs> Right. Man is out here getting more All Star votes than De'Aaron Fox, so it shows you everything that is wrong with the All Star game voting. Yeah. So my biggest question is though, because if Kevin Durant is an All Star starter, and now I know Tatum has taken his place in the All Star game starting lineup, who goes to become a captain now for the East, for the Western Conference? Like, does Tatum? Does he become it? The next vote getter. That, that's what I think. Yeah, he should be the next highest vote getter okay. for the East. So. This is the interesting question because I think LeBron has the first vote. Who does he select with his first vote? Can we say the reserves first? Can we say yeah, the reserves? Yeah, because yeah, we never we gave our um, analysis last week, but I don't think we ever actually gave our reserves. Did we? Yeah, I thought we gave our reserves. Yeah, we did. No, we did. no, no, we did. but we didn't list we, the we actual ones. Oh, the, yeah. list the actual reserves? We have we the actual the ones, ones right here, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the ones that made the actual reserve list right now are Jason Tatum, or in the East, in the East Conference is Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Juice Randle, Ben Simmons, Vucevic, and Sabonis. Word. And then in the Western Conference, we got Anthony Davis, PG, Rudy Gobert, Logo Lillard, Spider Mitchell, CP3, The Hulk, and Devin Booker. Was D Booker replacement? Zion Williamson. Yeah. (laughs) He was replacement for who? AD. Yeah, and Sabonis was a replacement for KD. I don't know if there's any other injuries. I think those are the only two, right? Who's yeah, the All-Star yeah, game no. coach? Who's the coaches right now? Um, I don't know who the – oh, Quinn Doc Schneider. Rivers for the Eastern Conference and Quinn Snyder for the for the West. Yeah. Yo, if you're Quinn Snyder, right, do you play LeBron 40 minutes in the All-Star game? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can tell LeBron what to do. Yeah. Right, <laughs> an all-star game, a game that he doesn't even want to be yeah. there. Quinsonada is the face, and then LeBron's just like assistant coach LeBron James, like <laughs> head coach LeBron interim James. head coach, first first assistant Quinsonada. <laughs> no, no, like, like I don't know why good. coaches, I don't know why coaches never done that in all-star game. Like I'm forcing, like if I have like for example, like from Popovich, and like this is like a year like the Lakers and and Spurs are going at it. Yeah. yeah, Shaq and Kobe are playing 48 minutes. They will not come out the game. 
we won't even take timeouts. <laughs> you know, like, yo, Kobe, I want to see if you can score 100 in the All-Star game. Like, I'd say some shit like, yeah, I don't really think you can do it. Yo, what's your pregame speech if you're the coach? Like, yo, um, for those who just made the team, get comfortable on the bench. Enjoy. <laughs> you got the jersey, so that's pretty cool. But the minutes, those won't come tonight. <laughs> oh, man, so the All-Star game is going to be on March 7th. That's next, oh, that's next Sunday. That's that's yeah. We should we do a live during the All Star game? Let's do a live during the slam dunk contest at least during half because that's halftime, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it half? Oh, it's halftime. We could do that. Oh, interesting. Yep. Interesting. We can go on our on our on our social. Actually, no, hey Trev, can you pull up the slam dunk contest winners? Have they confirmed who it is? I know Obi Toppin's supposed to be one. Oh, they're showing the winners. I feel like dudes have been uh, teasing it right now, but I don't even know if they've announced it. How many do Diallo Derek Jones won? Derek Jones won last year? I remember Derek Jones won last year. I remember that because that was when D Wade's um, fucked everything up with uh, Gordon. Aaron Gordon was supposed to win this year. Oh, yeah. And D Wade was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Derek Jones was on the heat, right? Yep. Now that thing, who's like the. John Wall got robbed because they didn't even call it a slam dunk contest that year. It was like he was like the slam sprite slam dunker of the year. Yo, remember no, how bad that... that Jeremy Evans dunk contest was? <laughs> when I don't even think Jeremy Evans was like on a real roster. Yo, he just that... happened to get the uniform a week before the dunk contest. Who did Zach Levine go up against? And was it 2016? Wait, Griffin, Aaron, got... the, Aaron Gordon. The 2016 season. Aaron Gordon was, got robbed. Yeah, but the 2016 season was the greatest season in NBA history. Mm. The greatest season in NBA history. Because that was, one, the last year Kobe Bryant played. So he had a 60-point night. The best dunk contest we've seen since, since obviously, you know, that since then. Obviously, since, like, the Vince Carter dunk contest. But it was, like, the best, you know, obviously, back-to-back dunk contest, like, yeah. competition. Then we've got the 73-win Warriors. Yep. We've got them coming back 3-1 to against um, the Thunder. Mm. And then we've got them losing in the finals up 3-1. So that was Kobe's farewell tour, and that was Paul Pierce was trying to get on that bandwagon too, right? And Kobe Draymond Green had words. Paul Pierce might have been in the league at this point. We really don't remember. Like, no bullshit. After Paul Pierce left the Celtics, I really don't remember oh, how people for real? like that. Like he was just out there at this point. Paul Pierce one of them dudes you see in 2K, like shit, he's still in the league. Like a, like, a, like a Jared Dudley situation. Like after Jared Dudley left BC, I'm like, yo, this nigga really like he's in the league <laughs> still. Man's just eating up contracts. That's all he was just for. Yo, so so um, we got this Jalen and uh, Jason topic. What's that about? Yeah, so this was interesting. I saw earlier this week. Um, an anonymous source came out and said, um, an anonymous player came out and said um, that Tatum and Brown can't be your superstars. Uh, yes. The only thing they do to help their, they only do things to help their game. They don't get anyone else easy shots. All they know how to do is score. They don't turn down tough shots to get a guy an easy shot. So teams are onto them. This was an anonymous player sometime last week that was reported to have recently played against the Celtics. Mm. I 100%, oh, so agree. I 100% that's nothing, agree that's nothing that. new though. Hey, 
Wasn't I like they're the not first superstars? Person. Hold up. No, 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 like stars are guys that can be part of a championship team with yeah. the right chemistry. Superstars are like you put them on this team. This team is a contender no matter what. Mm. That is a great move because I'd be having this argument with one of my boys. <laughs> Tatum is a star. Yeah. Luka Doncic is a superstar. Yes, yes. That's the, the yeah. Thank you. Sorry, I've been having fact. that. I've been having that argument. I've been having an argument. Jokic, Steve. Jokic is Steve. a superstar. Yeah, Yo, Luka's, a, Luka's not a superstar, Kareem. No, he is. I oh, want to say he's a superstar, but how's his team playing? They're still uh-huh. trying to figure that. Out. <laughs> They're still <laughs> solid enough to win games. They he's they should be. They bro. should be, and they win. They lose some games that they shouldn't. They also can never get in. Like Porzingis to play a basketball game. You guys see what Luca did to the Celtics? I'm with you. I wanted to be a superstar, but if according to your logic, you know they need to be better than Jason Tatum. He's better than Jason Tatum. Everybody. Everybody says that. That was the point I'm making. He's better okay. than Jason Tatum. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I like that. So who would but you like let this. go? Who would you trade? Who would you let go? No, you don't have to let go. Of you need them. you need a better you roster. To, you, I, yeah, you need a. Like I said, you need you need to funnel this roster with a lot better talent than they have right now. Like I'm sorry, but Tristan Thompson yep. cannot be on, on the court with Tice. You can't have Tice and Tristan Thompson <laughs> on the court. They keep the playing time. them together. Robert Williams should be playing a lot more minutes than both of them combined. Yeah, he should be starting. So do you yeah. think it just boils down to like coaching style, like Brad Stevens? Do you think no? It's, it boils down to Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge <laughs> sucks at his job. I'm sorry. Danny Ainge hustled two people and it got him one championship. Yeah, and it, and it also like got him. No one wants to trade with the Celtics no more because they saw how they fleeced two people. Yes, yes, thank you, D. Bro, how thank did they? You. To be honest, like we fleece Brooklyn, and Brooklyn's better than us now. So what did what did mm. it really get us? Exactly, because people because after that, people were like, "I'm not dealing with the Celtics." No, people aren't dealing with the Celtics because the Celtics never want to lose a deal. The Celtics have only one time exactly. taken a chance on a deal, and it's that was when thing. they got Kyrie Irving. That's the only time they've taken a chance in, on a deal. And to be honest, obviously, it didn't work out in the end, but still. You have to make that deal. Nine times out of ten, you still make that deal. I think there's multiple reasons. One being, like you guys said, the fact that they have this, like, history of trying to take advantage of teams. Nobody really wants to try and deal with them. But then, two, players don't seem to really want to be in or stay in Boston for whatever reason. Not a desirable. It's not. And you would think it would be. It's Boston. But for whatever reason, whether it's the coaching, whether it's the. We know a reason. It's desirable for people. We know what the reasons are. You know what the reasons are? We know what the reasons are. You know what We might. But but it's crazy. The biggest free agent is is Gordon, right? Yes. The biggest free agent. The biggest free agent. AD's turned down. In our life. Yeah. Players like AD have turned them down. I, because I mean, of what they did to Even the Red Sox, bro, you just going to let Moogie go? Yeah, that shit was nuts. And but the thing chip? about it is, like, at least so. And with so, a chip? So, no, no, but listen to this, though. Listen to this. The Boston Red Sox can do whatever the fuck they want because they are the second best run organization up here. Like, bro, like, the Boston Red Sox have won four championships since yeah. 2004. 
That's fair. like the Boston Red Sox. They understand like how everything goes. The Boston Red Sox wanted to cut costs, so I was like, okay, obviously trading Mookie Betts like obviously wasn't the best move, but like you understand like okay, we don't want to be in that luxury tax hell, especially when we're giving bad contracts like to Avaldi. Has he played since? Chris, Chris Sale, who said he wants to retire Red Sox. We're still paying David Price, and he doesn't even play for us. Y'all just stopped paying uh, Pedroia. Exactly. Like, bro, we paid Pedroia, and Pedroia hasn't played since, like, we won a uh, World Series in 2013. Like, I have not seen Pedroia on the field since that year. Pedroia was like, yo, when we won the World Series two years ago, Pedroia was, like, the third highest paid player on the team and hadn't even stepped on it. Yeah, he, that was daylight robbery. It's, it's, it's fair to say the Celtics have lived off of their, what was it, 2008, 2007? Yes. 2008 championship. Yo, they gave yes, that trip up like it was four and, chips, bro. Yeah, bro. bro. It's, it's crazy. Like that team was a dynasty, We bro. We talk right? about this, though, but, like, it's just, like, the mentality, like, fucking Paul Pierce on here, like, mm-hmm. uh, KG. Nah, like, nah, KG's K- come down yeah. to earth a little Kendrick, bit. Yeah, but, like, Kendrick, better. too. Like, Kendrick Perkins, like, yo. Perkins doesn't oh, Kendrick talk Perkins about is living off of this, bro. No, Kendrick Perkins does not talk about this championship team like that. No, but he's he living off the players. He is, he is living oh, off of that. Yeah, but yeah. you get him where you fit in. Perkins <laughs> is, is a well-traveled veteran. Like, yo, you get right. you get where you fit in. Like, bro, like, we're looking at you all the people, like, on television right now. Say. Like, bro, we, like, snatched Ryan Hollins. Like, Ryan Hollins is on television right now <laughs> talking about basketball. You ask 10 people who Ryan Hollins Ryan is. Ryan Scalabrini? Yeah, that's at least Brian Scalabrine is entertaining. No, that's Brian Hollins. No, he's not. No, that's not. That's the that's the that's the that's a homer thing. That's a homer thing. I enjoy Brian Scalabrine on TV. He's a fan favorite. No, 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 because I didn't like um, Tommy Heinsohn at all. So it's not a homer (laughs) thing. (laughs) Tommy, (laughs) yeah, Tommy Heinsohn is my guy. But there's been a few times where he was. Very close <laughs> to saying Same some N-word. shit on the air. Yo, they like, look up no one, They always go on YouTube mic. and look up Ricky Davis Miss Dunk Yo, and oh tell me God. if Tommy Hudson wasn't so close to trying to say something. My uh, eyes forsaking me, or is that a nigger <laughs> telling me what to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. Like Tommy Heisen, like he's a he's a nice guy, but like as a radio personality, it's like he gets a little too comfortable with what he, he has into, to say. Yeah, yep. Like especially like when he talks about LeBron. Oh my god! Like if he could spit on somebody away. during a game, it would have been <laughs> oh LeBron. My god. Oh, chill, bro. <laughs> Yo, may this Yo, man rest bro. in peace. Yo, for real. But damn. Tommy Heisen's still my guy. Tommy points <laughs> us. <laughs> but I'm yeah. saying. Yo, that not. shit is jokes. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, but the Celtics definitely got some work to do, though. Uh, yeah. so we, it's we it's fixable, though. It's fixable. It is. It is. It's not <laughs> as bad as, as what people are saying. You know, Tatum and Brown aren't superstars, but they yeah. could be very. They both. They very well could be in the future. They need to fix the roster. Mm. That's that's but what they, it comes they need to get healthy, to. and they need to fix the roster. Yeah, it, I think when Marcus healthy. Smart comes back, it's a different team. I also believe that I take back my comments on. Um, Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard can actually play. So I take back me shitting on him because he's, he's actually good. a hooper. I also like Nate Smith too. I thought, you know, with, he was, when I saw him with that leather members only jacket, I was like, oh, this, there's no way this dude succeeds in NBA. <laughs> but, but, but he actually is playing well. 
The Celtics just need to figure out their identity and stop giving Teague and Thompson minutes. They might as well just cut them, to be completely honest. Open up roster spots for, like, some G League guys, to be honest. It, yeah, they all have some time after the break, so we'll see what they do after this All-Star break. Give them time to get healthy. Like, no bullshit, if I'm Tatum or Brown, I'm holding out of this All-Star game. Get rest. Well, with another All-Star in the news who like to sit out and get rest, uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, he, he made some comments this week. Uh, Kareem, you got those comments? Yeah, so earlier this week, he uh, posted a image on his Instagram um, with a Photoshop of Kobe as the NBA logo. And, uh, you know, had some things to say amongst them being Black Kings built this league. Um, and in so many words, was saying he believes that Kobe should be the logo. So this caused, you know, some some discussion, some debate about Jerry West being the logo. Of course, people had to bring race into it because they felt like Kyrie was bringing race into it. So the idea of Jerry West being the logo, him being a white player in a predominantly black sport, you know, how he became the logo. Um, and then also the idea of like having somebody who's recently died become the logo. You know, like, is that does that make sense? Is that what? the league wants to start doing not that the league is even entertaining this idea but um you know Kyrie speaking his thoughts speaking you know his feelings uh caused quite a discussion um about you know the logo and its history I don't know so what do you guys think like is this would you guys even entertain this idea of changing the logo in the first place I think my fault Rain. I think um Kobe too soon. I, I I love Kobe. Don't get me wrong. I love Kobe. I love Michael Jordan and what they did for the you know the league. But if we're gonna talk about you know Jerry West being the face of the NBA, we gotta talk about a hidden figure. We gotta talk about Bill Russell for what he did on the court and what he did off the court. You know, if you think about Jerry West, only one. <laughs> Uh, NBA championship in 1972. Bill Russell was out here dominating damn near all of the 60s, right? In the city of Boston where they, this was a championship, an integrated team. He won three championships, I believe, as a player coach. But the Celtics could not sell out TD Garden during that time. Why? Because you got a black man winning shit. Right? Multiple, too. Multiple. Right? It was... It was multiple blacks on the team. You know, exactly. JoJo White, rest in peace. Yep. Um, John Thompson was on um, some of these teams. Right. So the city of Boston never embraced. Never embraced them. Never and embraced them at all. When you think about, you know, sports history in the city of Boston, people talk about Bobby Orr. During the 60s, the Bruins sucked. But in the 70s, you got this, this great white hope. You know, Bobby Orr, you got Larry Bird. That's what people associate, you know, the game with you don't talk about bill russell actually and then when you think about it right in 2013 they just had an unveiling of a bill russell statue in 2013 outside of td garden no it's not even outside of td garden not even outside of td garden we didn't want it there okay sorry thank thank you for that but but that but you, you see what i'm saying like he's not he, it, he it, should it, have one he should he have should a, a have giant one. statue in front he, of he TD. should he should have one yeah but it's not being talked about and and that's where my frustration is. 
shout out to to Kyrie for you know bringing this up but I think it one no disrespect to Kobe I love Kobe I love his game I love everything that he's done for the game but you know if we really going to talk about it we got to talk about guys who came before him who came before Mike you know what I'm saying that that's where I'm at on this yeah I completely agree with that too um like I said a lot of it has to, a lot of it at this time has to do with the fact that it's still fresh in our mind the whole um that you know, obviously we, we've just hit a year of um, Kobe's passing, but I feel, I do agree with Kyrie that there are a lot of black Kings that, you know, began this game and, and, you know, brought it to different heights. So I think that the logo should be, you know, obviously should be one of those players from, you know, the integration period, the sixties and seventies and, and, and even like some of the 80s and stuff like that. You got guys like, you know, even guys like Magic Johnson or um, Dr. J, you know what I'm saying? Like these are guys that pioneered the game to get it to a point that we have guys like Kobe Bryant, that we have guys like Kevin Durant. These are guys that, you know, they looked up to. They, they set the president of what the league should be. They put, they were the faces of the league. You know what I'm saying? George Gervin, guys like that, that, you know, don't get brought up in history. So, I mean, I, I completely understand where Kyrie Irving's coming from, but I feel there's so many more people that deserve their recognition before that. Wilt Chamberlain, you know, guys that played in that era deserve their recognition for what they did to the game. Because we're looking at a league that's been around for, we're looking at what, 67 we have 70 80 years maybe it's got to be it's got to be closer in that area but you know we've got guys that have you know set great paths for people to continue to develop um this great game so i believe you know the nba logo should eventually be changed i'm gonna throw my names that i believe that should be out there the cream of blue jabars of the world and things like that mm-hmm. and because i feel like if we do change the logo, it needs to be a person that's not remembered just for what they did as a basketball player. Right. We want to put somebody up there that has a lasting impact. And obviously, yes, Kobe Bryant does have that impact. But, I mean, Bill Russell was playing during, you know, segregation. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was playing during segregation. When these people who would sell out arenas in all throughout the country, but, you know, they still would have to sleep in basements of hotels. You know what I'm saying? They weren't allowed in the same hotels as other players. So I feel they need to get their recognition too. You're talking about people that have uh, done things on and off the court. There's somebody who maybe shouldn't be mentioned, but maybe 20, 30 years down the line, you know, could be the new logo. We won't do that. We won't do that. that. (laughs) I refrain from it. (laughs) There's people that that have done enough. (laughs) Cool it now. We We're almost got progress. we almost agree, got Luke. through the podcast without. I agree. Hey, hey, I technically, I, I, technically, I think we did say did we did say the word today? Oh yeah, yeah. we did, we did. Because we, we did, did we did mention. Did he get named? Also. Yeah, because we said he who's the other captain. Named. I think you're yeah, right. We won't. Yeah, what you yeah. think, D? I think you guys just eloquently said everything <laughs> that I could ever say. You guys yeah. killed that. I have nothing else to say. You guys, you guys, yeah, murdered that one. But do you think, no, nah, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it for uh, another time. I'm not going to go there. It's just, it's an interesting discussion, but it's such a tough one because 
to find the right timing to actually change the logo and to not make it look like a publicity stunt or like a memorial of somebody. Um, like it, it's tough for me to imagine it actually happening, like kind of for those reasons, but yeah, it, it's just interesting when you look at the history of it, I suppose. We got uh, Black History Month, yo. Everybody get a chance. Oh, go ahead, Green. I'm going to say 28 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, it's the last day right now, man. Mm-hmm. We got a few hours left of uh, Black History Month. Yeah, good thing y'all reminded me. I haven't posted nobody today. Sheesh. Slacking. Y'all watched Judas and the Black Messiah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that and I watched uh, the United States versus Billy Holiday and just <clears throat> that just released, I want to say on Friday, this past Friday. But it's just so funny how like the FBI uh, did everything in their power to try to dismantle the credibility of some of these powerful black figures. And then you fast forward to the late 80s, early 90s, the N.W.A., you know what I'm saying? And them trying to, you know, shut them down. So it's just, it's, cr- it, shit is crazy. And you still got the KKK out here running rampant, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got the Proud Boys. You got all these different white supremacist groups just out here, you know, doing their dirt and shit. But we got hours upon hours of recordings of, you know, surveillance of Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Uh, Fred Hampton, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, I think movies like this are great for me because it's, it, it is a historical piece. It, it does help educate. You know, it's a movie, so, you know, maybe not everything's perfectly accurate, but it does help people to educate themselves. And then it also creates interest into learning more about what, what mm-hmm. really happened to these people. But it's also so frustrating when you realize that this stuff is going on and, and it makes you kind of like, I want to say almost understand that this stuff could be and probably still is going on with other prominent figures in, in today uh, and even in recent history. And I think yeah. that's what I like. I enjoy a movie like this, but it's also infuriating to know that this has happened and that more likely than not, it will continue to happen because right. of the power. I feel like because of the power the government has because of, you know, the years of historically oppressing certain people because of the power that, uh, you know, certain groups can create. Right. You know. What what I did not like about Judas and the Black Messiah was that it was told from the perspective of the FBI informant, uh, Bill O'Neill. So it, I felt like it, it kind of made the audience try to like empathize with them. Like, oh shit, like what would you do if you were in that situation? But fuck that. Like, you know what I'm saying? You were, you were working with the feds to get, you know, an easier time off. And that resulted in killing someone who looked like you, who was for a good cause and um, who was for change for the movement. And then seeing his boss who was reporting directly to J. Edgar Hoover, who at one point was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, I, you know, I didn't think we were going to do like, you know what I'm saying? It tried just, it, I felt like it just humanized like these people who were on the other side of the, who were, you know, supposed to be protecting and serving our people um, who were just out here doing shady shit. You know what I'm saying? So like the, just the title of the movie, Judas and the Black Messiah, like it was just told from his perspective. And 
I think that last scene where he was doing the interview for that documentary, um, I think, I don't think he necessarily regretted it because if you look at like the closing credits, the dude received like $200,000 and own a gas company for, for, for his work, right? Infiltrating the Black Panther Party. Um, I don't think he necessarily regretted it. I think he just didn't want to be perceived by his family or by his son. I think that was the question, you know, if your son sees his documentary, you know, how do you feel about this? I think that's what was tripping him up. You know what I mean? But I don't know. That's what I'm still wrestling oh, with. No, but he I just, killed himself after that. Bro. Yeah, I know. I know he killed himself, but I'm just saying, like, did he really regret what he did or was it just... I think that, I think that says he regretted it. Nah, I think... Nah, bro. I don't know. I just think he... I think it was more so the way he was perceived. And, and right, and you, and rightfully so, D. Like, maybe... He couldn't tell anybody that he was an FBI informant until years later, but I don't know. I think that was planned, man. I think he was like, yo, I'm about to say this shit before I go, and then I'm I'm going. Like, he had to get it off his chest. And, uh, but... Yeah, man, it was. I I wanted to see more. I didn't mind it being told from from a to standpoint of Bill. Yeah, I just wanted to see more Fred. Right. I wanted to see more characterization of Fred, and so if that means sacrificing more Bill, that's fine with me. That was my gripe with the movies that it didn't it didn't really get into the psyche of Fred Hampton. That's what I wanted to see. Like this dude was twenty one years old, but had the foresight. To know, to be smart enough to say, yo, we're smarter together than apart. So let me go talk to the white dudes. Let me go talk to the Puerto Ricans. Let me go talk to the gay people. And we're all going to form a rainbow coalition and go against the establishment. Like that, that so far, this, he's thinking so far beyond his years, let alone thinking so far beyond his time. And just like how, what happened to him in his childhood that he got that education and that knowledge, just have that foresight to do stuff like, run the uh, breakfast program, which now is being adopted by all public schools that run the mm -hmm. breakfast program because of mm -hmm. the Black Panthers. So it's like, I want to see, I want to get into a mind of that dude because he's a genius. And I want to see his innovation and how that all came to be. I want to know that story. Yeah. So like from a movie standpoint, I thought the movie was fine. I get why they told it from, I thought it was like an artistic choice to show it from Bill's point, mm -hmm. point of view. So I was like here or there with that, but I was like, I, I thought this was a missed opportunity to really detail who Fred was. And I think that would have brought forth a, real, a, a better performance from Daniel Kaluuya. Cause I just mm -hmm. thought I, he, he did a good job, but it was just like, it was just there. I don't know. But I, I imagine that was very, um, uh, very specific in terms of the director's decision to take that point of view as to yeah. not be too one-sided in the movie you know if you take the fbi's point of view people will have assumptions about your goals of making this movie you take you know fred's point of view you have the assumption so i think trying to find that medium if there is a medium something like that where you mm -hmm. can empathize with a guy put in a situation was what the director was thinking would be a good way to tell this story but i agree with you too i would like to see you know more about you know fred and and his like upcoming and like you said, D, just like his thinking, he's so ahead of his time in terms of how he viewed, you know, how to bring people together, how to create these groups of people that could really, you know, make change. Um, like maybe that's a piece for like a, a biopic, biopic, but like uh, I think that's something that was probably a missed opportunity. But again, they, I don't think they were creating this movie for that reason. 
Yeah, like you said, Rashawn, the title, Judas and the Black Messiah, yo. Like just the betrayal. It's in the it's in the title, but yeah. it's still hard to watch. Yeah. You know it's gonna come. But it does make you think about integrity. Yeah. And you know, what would you do if you're in that situation? Everybody would like to say, I'll tell the FBI to fuck off, but not everybody not built easy. like that. It's exactly. not that easy. And that's the reality of that too. Right. Especially too, as you see in the movie, the FBI wasn't just paying him, the FBI was manipulating him as well. Yep. The FBI was lying to him saying this and this was gonna happen, or setting him up saying someone someone else is gonna take the fall for this reason or whatever, you know, but just feeding him false information as well. So yep. right. So love how I love how a podcast come full circle. You can either be Bobby Schmurdo or Takashi Six Nine. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you look at that you just wrapped it up so nicely Does anybody else got anything to say I wanted to give a little shout out for, for the end of Black History Month there was a story that I think was last week where um, a, w, a former WNBA player Renee Montgomery um, became part of a three person ownership group for the Atlanta Dream Mm-hmm. So she becomes the first uh, former uh, NBA player to have ownership and executive, to be an owner and executive of a WNBA team. And so nice. there's a story uh, on a bunch of different uh, platforms, but I just thought it was a really cool moment. You know, she spoke about the people that kind of influenced her to realize that this was a possibility for her to get on this ownership uh, committee of these three people. But just to see, you know, our black queens, you know, doing big things to see black people, you know, actually being in the ownership role, you know, especially for an NBA, WNBA team, we don't see enough of that. Mm. So I, you know, I definitely had to give her a shout out, her and, and anybody else doing anything big, you know, to be able to see those changes. Hopefully that encourages more people to do things like that, to take that step, take that leap. Word. That's awesome. Luke, did you choose somebody for your uh, Instagram? Yeah, I actually just, I actually just, well, in the process of posting it. So since we had just talked about them, I put Bill Russell and uh, Wilt Chamberlain. It's the picture of them like going up. uh, I think Wilt Chamberlain's taking a shot and Bill Russell's blocking it. But I might just kind of do like a splurge today for my last day. Just kind of do like 10 people just to kind of blow up uh, social media. So I might just choose a bunch of random people because I don't think I've done Stevie Wonder yet. I don't think I've done... Ray Charles yet. Shout out, shout out to Stevie though, because he said he said he's done with this shit, bro. He said he's seen it all, which I was like, oh, okay, that's okay. He said he's seen it all. Yeah, he said he he said I see it all I'm moving to Africa. So I said, okay, bro. He's sure divorcing his wife. He said he never want to see her again. Yeah. Hey, just because the end of February doesn't mean black maybe you found has out. to stop, you know. Maybe you still Yeah, that's true. You still uh, recognize what you say, D? Black history is every day. Black history is every day, King. That's oh, right, hey, man. For real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, in the closing hours, we just got to give a shout out to Dr. Umar Johnson, yo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. God, Doctor. Well at this bad, man. Man. Doctor. All right, fellas. It's been another episode of off the rip let me tell y'all where y'all can find us real quick though you know what i'm saying go follow go support yeah i told you 100 right. followers 
then oh. we're doing a giveaway. So yeah. tell a friend to tell a friend to yeah. tell a friend to tell another friend. Okay. Yeah. Tell a friend to follow us. Oh, yeah. Where can they find us at, Mook? You can find us on our social media handles. Um, on Instagram, we are off the rip. Uh, what are we? Off the rip. <laughs> off the rip. <laughs> my fault. For fucking my fault. I didn't mean to set you up. He was like, oh, fuck. This thing nah, because I went to my Instagram Yo, started, and I forgot I'm still posting my photo. Started reading like, he started reading like Floyd Mayweather. Bro. What happened? Man, I was looking for us. <laughs> off the rip. Podcast. So follow our social media. Once you get on there, you know. Throw us some love, you know. Twitter at off the rip underscore pod. That's right. Yes, sir. Hey, and merch us. coming Ooh. soon too. Exactly. At us, you know, reach out to us. You know, we respond to everybody. So yo, hold up, actually, yo, which one of y'all? I, I was on the off the rip IG the other day. Which one of y'all was going on a little following spree, double tapping hearts on some pictures? I seen one of y'all. I wasn't y'all using it as a burner. Oh, oh, bro. Watch it, y'all. Oh, oh. That's that's kind of crazy. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. I said, I said, oh, how did she get? Oh, we're following her? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I, honestly, no cap. Something, but like a notification popped up on my phone. I'm like, yo, who the fuck is this? And I was like, because I forgot that I'm linked to the off the rip joint too. I'm like, yo, all these followers. I don't know these people, bro. Right. <laughs> nah, y'all crack me up, yo. I'm just playing, ladies. I'm just playing. You men are being faithful. Black men don't cheat, right? Facts. That's a fact. The Fendi fact. Fendi facts. <laughs> All right, it's been another episode of Off the Rip. We'll catch y'all later. Peace. It's too late for me. The game ain't fair.